Hello and welcome to Getting to Grow, the podcast dedicated to unearthing the stories of some of the best brands in the food and wellness space. Hosted by me, Zoe Fox. Working in this space for a number of years, I've been lucky enough to connect with some amazing entrepreneurs and therefore I'm bringing to you the people behind the brands. In this episode, I chat to Jacopo, founder of Romeo Gelato, the creamiest top quality gelato with 100% natural ingredients. We discuss how the brand was created from a romantic idea, how it differs from ice cream and how their tubs are really unique. So welcome Jacopo to Getting to Grow. Thank you so much um, for joining me this evening. Um, It's really, really great to have you on. Um, We have been in touch for a while. um, So it's about time that we we get you on Getting to Grow to understand a bit more about, um, and I'm definitely going to say it wrong, but the gelato. Is that right? Yeah, I've said it correctly. Okay, good. Um, Talk to you a bit about how and why and everything kind of in between, basically, as to why um, you started your business. So um, I will stop talking now and let you go. But yeah, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are um, and kind of where the idea and the concept came. And then, um, yeah, kind of your first light bulb moment. Sure. So, um, yeah, so my name is Jacopo. I'm the founder of Romeo. Uh, and along with Filippo, uh, childhood friend, we launched Romeo. Uh, now, I think we founded it about six years ago. We launched it to retail five, five and a half, five years ago. And um, yeah, actually, we founded it more. We founded it seven years ago. And then we launched it to retail five and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, it's been a great journey so far. I mean, the idea was to really create something different, some, you know, bring bring to UK and to Europe gelato, which was something that was you know mainly mainly exists in Italy uh, with all these features you know being being lower in calories being uh, you know completely natural product for us it was also making something design led and sustainable um, and uh, yeah there was no global brand of gelato so we are still now you know trying to grow the brand and and make it make it um, make it kind of pioneering gelato and sorbet in uh, in UK and abroad so that's still very much the case and it's still um, is strong, strong so is gelato lower calorie than ice cream yeah so gelato on average has uh, i mean there's no rule there's no specific rule but it's about 20 to 30 percent less calories because the ratio of milk and cream is, is inverted so there's normally where when you have um i don't know 60 percent cream and 10 percent of milk in gelato normally you have 60 percent of milk and 10 percent of cream uh so so that's what makes it uh, quite a lot lighter than uh, than traditional ice cream so it's kind of like lower fat. Lower fat, exactly. And then the other difference is in texture. So by adding less air into the product, churning less air into the product is is lower. Is sorry, the texture is smoother. Um, mm. So, but for us, I mean, because these are very technical things. I think in general, in terms of experience and taste, uh, the product is smoother. Uh, it's completely natural. So that's something we worked since the beginning, and uh, obviously uh, we managed to create a recipe that is doesn't affect taste and texture although it's natural uh, and this for me it's one of the most uh, underrated things but over long term we, we are seeing how this has uh, a big importance for customers right I mean you've seen you know the local local brands and the local sort of waves coming in three four years ago and now kind of starting to fade out whereas 
for us has been maybe slower growth, but constant growth. So every year we've been growing up 40, 50%. And I think it's because we are we are for the long term. And, and I think the, we're not promising anything um, impossible. We're promising something pure, authentic, natural, uh, and hopefully always better products. And that's what's, what has been helping us uh, grow. So, so all I'm saying is that the, the feature of being a gelato are not trend-led features, let's say. Yeah, no, that's actually a really interesting point you make about those kind of low calorie ice cream brands, because, yeah, I definitely remember that surge in them like a couple of years ago. And I actually haven't heard a lot of noise around them recently, whereas um, you guys, as you say, have had, I mean, I still think 40% growth year on year is still pretty, still pretty good and fast, significant growth. But um you guys have stayed in the running you know you've kept your retail listings etc whereas i know a couple of other brands in that low calorie ice cream space have lost lost distribution um i guess due to like lack of rate of sale and it was kind of potentially maybe like a bit of a fad and i mean ice cream is and an ice cream and gelato is very much like an indulgent product you know it's what you want as a treat um and if people think they were potentially compromising on that by having something low calorie it wasn't quite hitting that what they fancied in the evening it wasn't hitting that like it wasn't um gosh what's the word it wasn't getting it wasn't satisfying them in the way that um that kind of thick creamy ice cream should but we digress um so you and your childhood friend started so how did you guys meet obviously at school I'm guessing um or it could have been down the park um and how did you guys come up with an idea of being like right I want to I want to start a gelato brand yeah, I mean, we are no, we didn't go to go same school, but we come from the same city. We have, you know, childhood friends through through parents, I guess. Okay. Um, and then what happened was that I was working in the city, um, and I was really not happy there. I hated my boss, I hated my job, everything, and uh, and I wanted to do something on my own. And he kind of, I called him, and it was kind of the same for him. I hadn't talked to him in a long time, in a while, and and I knew he was. I mean, he works in in venture capital. And so he had always uh, that, had that angle of him of of um, of being curious about you know you know startups and the, all the startup world, which I didn't have. So I wanted to learn something, but I didn't have the sort of I guess the, the skill set, you know, and uh, to to build a company. And so I'm more of a product person. And so and so and so yeah, we 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 we, we talked and we said. Uh, why don't we try to do something on our own? So we started traveling a little bit the world to do to see to seek inspiration really, and then we we came into gelato just because uh, we are Italian, we love food, we like the idea of uh, of doing something that I mean I wouldn't ever be able to to create something I don't believe in. So I I, I had a big passion for for um, for food in general, Italian food and and, and gelato and um, and uh, and yeah, also we looked at it in from a from a more financial point of view. So. So, I mean, there, there's, there's the romantic story, which is we, we went, to, you know, we were working in Portobello, going to a dinner, and uh, and we normally in Italy, you bring either wine or gelato, and we said, okay, let's bring gelato, but there's not good gelato here. So then we said, why don't we do it ourselves? And which is uh, which is romantic, and it's true, you know, it, it kind of the conversation started there, but then obviously there's much more thinking that went in through, through it, and initially we wanted to do shops, you know, like, a, like, a, like a parlor chain. Uh, and then luckily we didn't do it. We went to Brazil and tried to do that. We didn't do it there. We didn't do it. And then, and then we decided, okay, why don't we, don't we do a product? And how do we make it special? How do we make it unique? What's lacking in the industry? And as I said before, you know, the natural aspect was an important one. The packaging and sustainability aspect was another important one. And then real, providing real quality and real 
sourcing really, really good ingredients is, is another one, which seems an easy one. But as you know, because you work also in FMCG, it's, it's, it's not an easy one at, at all. You need to, you know, manage costs and you need to, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a whole, all of a science, right, behind it. So, uh, and you just look at the big companies, they don't, they don't put an effort in that, right? They don't, they don't put an effort in, in, in creating something that is uh, aesthetically unique, that is um, pleasing, and that they don't, they don't put effort into the, into the, into the sourcing aspect, right? I mean, they do, but just from a, from a cost, cost effective point of view, not from a, not trying to get the best of the best. I think, and so too many products are 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 kind of like lab products, right? They are they are cost engineered to a point that mass market. Yeah, I mean, if I think when I was a kid, I was eating the cornettos. I mean, Italy is where you know the walls was basically started in Italy in the fifties. It was an Italian company, and then Unilever bought them. So in Italy, you know, the cornetto, the the even the Magnum, and I don't know Solera, all these products were were like here, you know, very present. Uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I remember eating them. And if you eat them, if I eat them now, I'm, I'm sure if I use the same, it's quite different product, right? Because it's a result of cost engineering for years and years and years. And to me, it completely, you lose the, the magic about it. And so we said, okay, we don't want to do that. We want to do something that is really uh, authentic and brings the real experience of an Italian jetteria, right? And mm. so, and so we, we looked at from the beginning. We looked at pints, not tabs, but also at other formats. I remember we tried from day one to also launch coated sticks with pints, which was a monumental effort that was absolutely impossible to do. In fact, we failed completely, so we didn't launch the the coated sticks, but we launched just the pints. Uh, but now I'm, I'm I'm very proud to say that we've got you know much bigger range. We've got different type of pints. We've got you know different formats. We've got lollies, fruit lollies that are kind of refreshments. And we're actually going to launch also Coated Stick. So it's just from day one, when you think, okay, I'm going to launch everything, then you realize that actually it takes actually years to, to get to a range that is, you know, what you had in mind at the beginning. But I'm very happy to say that, you know, the, the whole uh, the whole initial idea is still completely very much intact. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, I guess, when you start a business, and obviously I've seen it at Coconut Club as well, but you start with kind of what you think everybody wants, but obviously trends change, you know, people's, um, what they kind of want from a brand changes, P brand's personality starts to show. There's all these different things which kind of will ultimately factor what you what you bring to market as well. And then, yeah, obviously you've got competitors coming in, um, kind of challenging you, which is obviously never a bad thing because I think they help grow the category. Obviously you just got to be a bit better than them always. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's been so much like, innovation that you've done within this category but one thing that I think is super innovative and correct me if I'm wrong but I believe that you guys were the first gelato ice cream company to bring out a product in a clear kind of short pot because all the other ice cream gelato brands I see you don't you never see the ice cream it's all in a cardboard kind of I guess yeah tub However, yeah. I can see the ice cream in the shelf when I go to buy Romeo. So that's really interesting. So talk to me about, how, you know, why you kind of completely decided to change up the, the market there. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, that was definitely one big innovation that came of, uh, was kind of an intuition um, we've had. And uh, I remember talking to a um, beauty company in Italy, in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in Italy, that was was supplying exactly the pot I wanted. So 
like a transparent packaging, twist of lead, and kind of like kind of like short and fat, uh, and like wide. Um, Which is what happens like if you do not Romeo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I have to say we went a little bit bold because we went with the dark blue in terms of brand ID which is not food. And we went with a pot that looks like a beauty product, which is definitely not food again. So it was it was completely crazy because we, we didn't have all the marketing thinking. We were not as as um, literate in marketing at the time. And we were just me and my co-founder, right? We didn't have uh, people that were big marketing experts. So um, it was a big bet. And definitely it sh- kind of shook up. Like a, It was quite a big, uh, a big change in the industry. And, I, and I'm glad to say that Brands followed us in, in, in Europe and in UK. Uh, I mean, one of the Unilever brand that launched three years after us with a very similar packaging, but also brand in other in other industries copied us or, or, or took inspiration. Uh, so today we've got other brands that are have, have adopted that. And uh, and it's really cool. And that and that was exactly the, the type of look and feel that we wanted to create. And you know, still today, very happy to have done that. Even more happy to the fact that year two, as soon as we had a little bit of money from the sales, we 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 moved to so we invested in a proprietary mold and we and we made the packaging made from 100% recycled plastic, and the lead from sugarcane plastic. So that was the other big thing that we couldn't do from day one because we didn't have the the, the money uh, to do it. But it was always in the plan, and we said as soon as we have scale, we'll do it. So so yeah, we combined um, uh, a look and feel that is. Quite unique. We had a designer that helped us create that, um, the packaging, and um, and, uh, and and with the sustainability aspect. So, I think that was uh, that was that was great. And to this day, you know, it's it's still you know standing out on the shelf. And uh, how it came about, to be honest, I don't remember. I just remember that I really wanted to do something different. I remember I didn't want the typical cylindrical shape of a, of ice cream, and also I wanted to change the material. Um, so we tried things out. I mean, the, the we didn't even know whether whether that pot could withstand minus 18 degrees. So we actually did some tests with the beauty company. They didn't know either because obviously they were supplying that to beauty to beauty for beauty products. So, yeah. so it was bad. But I remember it was an immediate success when it launched into waitress. I mean, it took us a while because the first year we just went into into Delhi. It was me, myself, and I on a scooter knocking on doors of, of shops. So I did that for a year and then I said, okay. What's our turnover? Okay, it's close to zero. Okay, maybe we need to do something different here. Uh, I mean, the, the idea was obviously to, to build a bit the brand outside the retailers, which which we did, but uh, in terms of revenue, it was quite small. So then we said, okay, we probably need to go to to some some bigger guys, and and we had no idea how it would uh, what reaction they would have. But actually, with waiters, waiters especially, it was uh, you know love at first sight. The buyer, you know, it took us one hour to convince him. Actually, we didn't have to convince him just to pull the product out. And then we were into just a, a small number of stores, but then year after we increased. And then Grom arrived, and that's where we kind of got stopped a little bit in waitress. For, for a few years, we didn't grow there uh, because, yeah, Grom, which is the Unilever brand, uh, launched uh, as well. And it's, I'm actually I'm very happy to say that we had some news today about them, which means that they, they may... There may, may be some changes this year um, with uh, with with them with the Unilever. So so yeah. So so you know it's been. I remember when they launched, it was a kind of a, a bit of a shock for us because they launched at a high price with many more SKUs and and so on. But uh, I'm glad to say that probably 2023 will 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 give us some some satisfaction from this point of view. But anyway, we we then ultimately grew as well. You know, the buyer gave us also 
also to remain quite a lot of space and we managed to grow but um how did you get your first meeting in with the buyer at waitrose well i think it took me about two years (laughs) of emails yeah Um, and uh, i got the help i realized that i couldn't do it on my own nobody would uh, would respond to me so I, uh, I I used uh, I, I contacted a sales agency that helped us in the first two years. Uh, they had a lot of contacts within the the major uh, grocers, and uh, and it was really really important for us because they knew sort of the consumer market landscape and the grocery mass uh, grocery landscape, and so they knew all the big guys and and they put us in front of buyers and uh, and it proved uh, that the product then it was just a matter of of having the connection and 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 being able to do a good pitch but the product was was there and it was it was very very uh, the, the the proposition was was very strong obviously more with the premium premium retailers because uh, because when you talk about you know Tesco or or other retailers it's it's a different story but definitely with the premium retailers the the, the there was a strong product market, market fit let's say yeah yeah, definitely. I think your product certainly sits within premium retail. But have you got any plans to kind of diversify that into other retailers, or have you already got listings within other retailers as well as Waitrose? I'm assuming you also are listed on the likes of Quick Commerce, so Gorillas, Getir, etc. As well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we are no premium retailers. We are present, and uh, we've got uh, both the jars and the sticks uh but yeah again got some big news uh coming up in the next few months for a big listing probably coming up with a with um with a more let's say mainstream retailer um so very exciting yeah, yeah yeah it's it's great news but we it takes time i mean we were in uh, in sainsbury's and also tesco for a little while three years ago but it was just too early for us too early for for, for uk to 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 be ready for product like ours, so um, we didn't have enough awareness, and so I think now 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 we're ready for that. I mean, now we move from you know two hundred stocking points to one point five thousand stocking points in waitress. Mercado grew the range. We've got now thirteen SKUs. Qcoms has become a big part of our business. Deliveroo, Whole Foods, and so on. So uh, in terms of customers, we we doubled customers every year. So. So it's just uh, you. You don't always realize, but because it's a premium product, it's not it's not a volume or mainstream product. It just you need to grow a lot of you know to build a lot of awareness before you can get into the into the big guys. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I really agree with you there. And then, so you started out with your tubs, and then you made a range of sticks. Is that right? Yes, so we did the, the tabs. Then we did the, um, what's, let me think if I'm doing the right order. Uh, yeah, then we launched uh, Fruit Lolly, Sorbet on Stick, what we call Sorbet on Stick, which is aimed at, you know, summer refreshment. Yeah. Which, so, so it's a very different buy and very different occasion and customer to the jars. It also allows us to have a slightly lower uh, access price, like price point. Uh, because they sell just below four pounds, whereas the jars is is just below six. Uh, so it becomes, uh, you know, you suddenly talk to a wider audience, also younger. Um, and then we launched the layers, so layer gelato. So it's a, it's a gelato with sauce and inclusions. Um, and then we launched gems or truffles, which is like bite-sized gelato coated, uh, which is just one skew. It's, it's a small part of the business, but it's, again, a different... Okay, so at the moment, those are the four ranges we have. 
And do you have any, have you kind of thought about, or I'm assuming the sticks, I, I could be wrong, but are the sticks, are they plant-based because they're sorbet? <clears throat> yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you do, you've got a range kind of for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we also have sorbet on, on tablets, but the, the sticks have been, a, have been a phenomenal success. We did we really didn't expect. It's like adult refreshments. Um, um, when people say adult lollies, I... Or other version, I always, always, some people start to laugh because can kind of a, a weird meaning. But um, <laughs> but um, it, um, <laughs> it's um, it's it's a category that uh, that is growing like twenty percent a year, and uh, it's completely untapped. It's a completely white space. There's nothing like that. Uh, so we're now going out. I mean, we're now I think number three or number two of fruit lollies within waiters. Uh, they are up there with our top selling jars, if not if not selling more. And um, and and they are also go working all year round. Like they're selling incredibly well in winter, which makes us think that it's also kind of functional, healthy. It's a healthy um, component when people buy it. Um, the, the reason why they buy it is, is for health reasons. Because also it's four ingredients, sixty percent fruit, so um, that is quite different from the indulgence of the jars. And uh, and yeah, and and. and um, and it's just fascinating because it's a it's a completely new category. It's growing a lot. We are there's no there's no competitors. We are sixty percent more expensive than the than the next competitor, which is not really a competitor because a round trees or a solero or a twister is a completely different product. Yeah. Um, we're actually probably competing with Magnum shoppers, um, or, or, or stealing from Magnum shoppers that basically want a refreshment alternative to Magnum, but they don't they don't find it because because solero is cream based. Uh, twister is is basically sugar syrup and uh and round trees and so on as well or, or let's say they're they're more kids they're more nostalgia they're they're different right so yeah it's a completely so it's a different market <clears throat> yes and so so that's been a very very big success in terms of mpd because i would say as this is a fmcg podcast i would say to anyone launching new new brand i would say just consider when you do MPD, consider it carefully, because I think, I mean, probably one out of 10 MPD works, the rest doesn't really work. Maybe it works at the beginning, but then, but then you know, in two years time, two years later, often it's difficult to make it work the same way as, as your, your core has worked, because in the end you're famous for one thing, right? And I think the reason why our, our, our lollies work because they really fulfill the promise of Romeo. So uh, pure ingredients, taste, Unique packaging and and refreshment for the summer. So 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 this has been a big lesson for us, right? Because also we we launch other stuff and you really need to be really quite strict with uh, with the way you do MPD to innovation to 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 make it a success and really stick to your values and and brand philosophy and, and product philosophy. Yeah, that's I really agree with that. I think brands can get very excited, kind of caught up in it all and and launch something that they think in their head is a really good idea. It's potentially a bit of a rash decision um, and, you know, it goes to market and, and it doesn't work. So it is really important to really evaluate your really evaluate your customers and use your base, you know, use your shopper base that you've got. If you've got a newsletter, things like that, really understand what the consumers want um, before launching a product. Obviously, you know, that's part and parcel of a startup, isn't it? It's getting a product out there and then understanding actually that probably wasn't the right thing to do, but it's never a bad thing. You always learn from it. Um, but I agree with you because I think there's lots of stuff 
there's loads of stuff going on in FMCG at the moment. You know, you've got CBD, you've got gut health. They're still, they are still, you know, heavily in their infancy, really. But there are brands already putting out um, and premium, premium price tag products that have those benefits. But they are still, yeah, as I said, kind of in their infancy and, and consumers are understanding it in a bit more detail before they before they buy so that that'll be an interesting one to watch but that's actually something I wanted to to also bring up today was um so obviously you are quite a premium premium product in in retailer in retailers um and you know I remember when I was doing this podcast a year ago um all we spoke about was COVID. How did COVID affect your business? How did COVID affect? I feel like now it's going to be how's cost of living affecting business? Um, and I think premium brands are going to suffer slightly. I think you know with with you know, coconut clover a high price point, but so are you guys as well. And how are you navigating? How are you navigating that? Are you kind of ramping up the marketing? Are you doing lots of sampling? How are you mitigating the cost of living crisis that we're seeing? I think, um, well, by the way, COVID helped us a lot. Like for us, COVID was amazing. We sold a lot because, uh, you know, three times. Okay, let's quickly talk about COVID then. So how did COVID affect your business? So March 2020, I cannot believe it's three years ago. That is just, it's actually beyond me. But anyway, three years ago, how did it affect you? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, no, yeah, so it was good. Um, meaning that we had a small team and so we still had a small range, small team. So it was fine to... To, uh, to manage everything um, remotely. If I think about it now, probably I wouldn't want to manage everything remotely. We just need a bigger team. You just need to see each other. But at the time it was easy. It was a lean operation. And so, and and the sales were very good because um, because people wanted comfort at home, right? So uh, so actually we, we, we did very, very well. Um, and then- Well, I think people weren't spending on obviously going out for dinner and they weren't spending on all those other things. So they had a little bit of extra cash to be like, right, well, let's treat ourselves to a really nice dessert this evening and what's, you know, on offer or what's out there that we haven't tried before. So yeah, I guess there was a bit of a lipstick effect with you guys. Exactly. So 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 it was good. Um, and, uh, and then I think the year after COVID, uh, after the two years of COVID, he kind of affected us, but we still grew pretty much the same because we launched in part of the things. But but I mean, maybe in terms of right of sale per SKU, we kind of affected a little bit, affected us a little bit. And now 2023, I mean, is a, is a, yeah, it's a tough year. I mean, you know, we've got, again, a quite ambitious budget. I, I will see, I mean, uh, you know, we'll see whether we'll be able to hit it. Maybe not, maybe yes, but it's definitely not going to be a year of uh, crazy, crazy growth. Uh, we also now on a journey to get to profitability, so that's uh, becoming like a, a priority for us. So really want to um, some you know somehow probably sacrifice a little bit of revenue growth to to get to profitability faster. Um, and uh, I mean in, in the as I as I think most of the categories, as you said, premium premium is somewhere is struggling a little bit, or is let's say flattening a little bit. In our case, there's been, uh, I mean, we're still going to grow presence into, into, into supermarkets, into our main retailers. We're getting more space, more SKUs, more uh, stores. But overall, the, you know, premium, premium ice cream is, uh, is being, the space has been, is going to be slightly reduced this year, um, at least in premium retailers. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, uh, as I said, we, yeah, we may do some activity 
trying to find synergies with other brands, basically, uh, just to be able to operate in categories where we don't currently operate. So that that that's that's one way of uh, of uh, yeah looking at this and 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 find a solution to grow and to accelerate growth during this time. I think UK is not the yeah it's not the best you know with inflation being one of the highest uh, uh, versus Europe. Um, it's quite quite tough. I mean I don't know for you guys or my collab, but I think I'm seeing a lot of brands struggling a bit. So uh, it's just a matter of. Uh, being very, 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 very careful in managing the cash. I think that's the key thing. Yeah, there'll be some really tight reins on cash flow um, in the next coming months. But have you guys got some fun and exciting plans ahead of summer? Um, and then kind of what's next? What's in the pipeline for 2023? Is there MPD coming out? Um, I'm assuming kind of your lollies take center stage at lots of events yes. um, over the summer, being a lovely treat in the park, you know, that sort of thing. I also see you guys at like Wimbledon and stuff like that. As kind of a premium ice cream to grab. So yeah, what's what's next? What's coming up? Yeah, we've got a we've got a few launches as every year. Every time I ah, can you let us know? Yeah, I will. I will tell you. Yeah, my marketing person is always shocked because he's never thinks we'll be able to launch all this innovation. But I think uh, I think we'll be fine. So we've got <clears throat> two more skews, uh, two more flavors of uh, of these guys here, uh, this, the the lollies um i can reveal can i reveal or can i not uh, i mean i can say the one is a very citrusy typically italian flavor so it's fairly simple to 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 to, to guess and the second one yeah. is uh again a very famous italian fruit uh is not citrusy and the color is towards pink and orange that's all i'm going to say um okay okay i'm with you i'm with you i think yeah and then uh, we're launching singles as well, which is super exciting. So we're launching into a new channel to Out of Home uh, with the sticks. Um, and then uh, uh, and then we're launching another stick format, um, which is a more... My gosh, you really are going for it this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they will be towards the end of the year. So, so those are the big launches. And uh, we're going to be back at Taste with the bigger bigger sort of uh, uh, stall and our big van and everything. And then, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give away tons of products. So please, you know, you should come. Everybody should come. Definitely. A lot of, uh... Taste of London's great. I love it. It's such a good event, especially if you're a foodie. Really, yeah. really good one if you're a foodie. And there'll be a gelato feast. We're going to give, I think, three or four times more samples than we did. We gave this last year. So we're going to be very generous. So everybody's welcome to to enjoy the treat last year by the way it was like like african weather it was like i don't know 37 i know it was oh it was pretty pretty so for us mental which is obviously fantastic yeah. it's fantastic if you're selling ice cream though right like you couldn't be more what people want in a 37 degree heat wave exactly and um yeah so that's that's cool and then uh, we're gonna do probably again uh, paul in the park which is a fun event in uh, harlingham park just before taste and then I think there's a few other things cooking, maybe a collab with a big brand. Uh, I need to get an update from my marketing people, but there's a couple of things. Maybe we're going to do something with Lavazza. Um, and oh, lovely, yeah. Another thing we really want to do, but it, we are probably too late for this year, is limited edition with other brands. Um, so again, this is very much top secret at the stage, but I think we, we may do something really fun next year uh, with another brand or with some... Just like quirky flavor limited edition that can be really fun. 
Um, so yeah, so I think I really believe in product product placement or or just like working with product to to create buzz and marketing and PR. <clears throat> so that's something we're gonna do more in 2024, I think. Yeah, fantastic. You've got so much exciting stuff coming up and for next year as well. Yeah. Um well, I've got a couple of questions that I'd like to ask you um just before we round off. Um firstly is what is your favorite product that you have created you mean in terms of like flavor or just uh across 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 your brand what's your favorite products that you have kind of put to market can be bright can be flavor can be type i think the most one i'm probably i mean stracciatella has been has been my favorite since day one because english can cannot even... what's the best selling flavor Stracciatella number two, but uh, mm. but Stracciatella is I was very very proud because nobody in UK could even pronunciate the name of the of the flavor. Stracciatella. Yes, you are quite good, but you are quite rare. So uh, people <laughs> could not even pronunciate it. And I was like, are we sure we shouldn't talk uh, call it chocolate chip? And actually, it didn't exist. Like the, and still now, we are the only one doing Stracciatella. So. Um, and it became the second best selling and actually one of my favorite uh, since I was a kid. Uh, and then the other one is the one you're seeing under uh, below me, uh, sorry, um, behind me. Uh, that's a black currant um, lolly, which is uh, quite a quirky flavor profile, incredible burst of flavor. And again, not one, not a typical one for lollies. And uh, we tried it, we pioneered it, and it's going super well. So. I'm very proud of it and I just love it. I eat it very often. So it looks great. It looks really, really good. Um, best bit of advice for someone starting to wanting to start their own product or brand. Oh, we said a few things, but I think um I think uh just try to um try to prove all your assumptions before you launch. So don't don't launch, mm. don't launch with unproven assumptions are your favorite food brands at the moment i really like rhythm 108 are they called one oh yeah the chocolate yes i really like those guys they're really so strong in taste and quality like i really see see something similar with Romeo. they are high price point because the, the ingredients are just amazing and so I really, I really, uh, I really admire those type of brands that really stick to, although the products on shelf is going to be very expensive, but they stick to, to their quality and, and taste. And then, uh, I mean, I used to love Koyo. You maybe don't like it, but I used to love it. Uh, well, I mean, you guys, of course, but it's different products anyway. But then I don't know what happened to these guys. And uh, and you guys are great for uh, also for in terms of um, in terms of like. Uh, fun and storytelling and like sort of a vibrancy just like a like a super fun brand so you guys are definitely i i, I do buy you guys so you definitely are there good you kind of you have to say that but you know yeah. i get it um what's one thing you'd wish you'd known before you began your career i mean the list of uh, maybe 300 things so um just like how competitive the, the food industry and ice cream in particular is i guess and next time I would go and watch yeah. in, in somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the world, try to to catch. I know, but then you wouldn't you wouldn't have the passion for it like you do. So things and roundabouts. And just very quickly, what's your biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? 
just uh, biggest failure has been we tried to launch in China with Alibaba and it's been massively massive disaster although we thought we were kind of safe because it was all just online but basically didn't even have frozen capabilities so I think uh, focus on uh, focus on ju just be focused don't lose focus yeah well thank you so much for joining getting to grow it's been super great to, ch to chat to you about all things like ice cream industry gelato industry and also just understanding a bit more about you and your background so yeah thank you so much um and i wish you a lovely evening please remember to follow subscribe and review as it really supports what i do see you guys next time Yo. Yo.